Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. Today, we have Gina Bulla, Executive Director of Insights at The Atlantic, with us today to talk about having a baby in a pandemic and about being a working mom in really man's world and how do we navigate all of that. Gina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Whitney. So tell us what you do. What does it mean to be the director of insights, first of all, (laughs) at the Atlantic Executive (laughs) Director of Insights? And tell us about your story of becoming a mom during the COVID pandemic. Sure. So the Atlantic is a pretty well-known journalism institution. I work on the advertising and marketing side of the business. So my job is really to help our advertising clients understand who our audience is and how to best connect with them. And as part of that job, it's important for us to stay on top of culture and what's really driving the relationship between brands and consumers. So it's a lot of research into our own audience and what they're thinking and feeling, but also the culture at large. And I had my first daughter October 2020. My whole experience of parenting has been during this pandemic. I was nine weeks pregnant when the world sort of shut down. I remember being in my boss's office and she was like, oh, how are you feeling? Are you, are you worried about this pandemic? And I was like, well, I blurted out that I was pregnant because I was like, I think I need to work from home. And that was kind of before all the decisions were being made. And of course, the next day, everybody was working from home. So, you know, there's silver linings and challenges, but it's been an interesting time to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. And talk more about what it was like in terms of the isolation from other parents, Mm -hmm. because what I have noticed in my office has been really, we talk a ton at Modern Mommy Doc, but also as pediatricians Mm -hmm. about making sure you get your resources around you, not Mm -hmm. just your material resources, but also your friends, your family, your Mm -hmm. social Mm -hmm. capital around you when you have a new parent. What was it like being more isolated in that time? Yeah, it's so funny because everything that you read about having a newborn, people say, rely on your village. And there really is no physical village at at that point in the pandemic was still before vaccines rolled out. And I'm very lucky to have a lot of family and friends and people reached out to me and and did what they could virtually or through text or whatever. But, you know, not being able to really see a whole lot of people during that time was lonely and isolating and not so much that I felt like I needed help with the baby was more just being able to share that newborn experience with people and, and sort of missing those rites of passage where people come and visit your baby and mm-hmm. you can have a conversation and maybe I'm idealizing that because I, I didn't get that experience, but 
you know, and wanting to talk to people about even just like the birthing experience, things that you wouldn't say in text. And I'm not really a person that talks on the phone all that much. So maybe during that period of time, I should have been, but it, it felt felt lonely. And we live in a New York City apartment. So it definitely felt like we were kind of cooped up inside. And, mm-hmm. you know, I miss seeing people and connecting people in, in that way. Yeah. Did your pediatrician's office offer any type of Zoom mommy and me groups or daddy and me groups or parent and me groups for families? No, not really. Not that I knew of. There was every time I took the baby to the doctor, there was a survey sort of asking how you were doing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just like, you know, fine. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I will say back at work, we have a very active ERG parents group. And that has been great for that kind of connection. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think two things about that are interesting. One, I'm proud of my pediatrics practice in, in Oregon that they did jump on mm-hmm. trying to make their sessions in zoom. They are, we already had what we call the baby hour, which a lot of hospitals have that same thing. You know, it's like you go, it's afterward, mm-hmm. you go meet other families. And mm-hmm. I know for a lot of my patients that that ability to connect with other moms or dads, like in real life, in a room with your other babies there had Mm -hmm. been so powerful. And so they jumped on it quickly with Zoom. For me personally, I actually, like to commiserate with you, never ever had that also, Gina, because as a physician, I went one time to that type of group Mm -hmm. and my colicky first baby who didn't sleep for more than 45 minutes at a time was such a wreck that I started like sobbing in the middle of the group. (laughs) <laughs> and the lactation people were like not sure what to do with me because they knew me from the hospital. Like they knew yeah. that I was a professional. Oh, no. And I saw <gasps> patients of mine that were in the group, right? So I was like, this oh, is no. not for me. I am not supposed to be here. <laughs> I need to step away from this. And so I think because of that experience, it kind of opened my eyes for other people about diversifying maybe where you find your support, you know, that maybe. Yeah it should be an outside hiking group or mm-hmm. maybe it should be an ERG or maybe it should be like, you know, a social media Facebook group in the very beginning, if that's your thing yeah. or just with your other friends that are there. I think that's one interesting point. And then the other thing that you said about kind of idealized, like what it would be like mm-hmm. to have friends and to have other people and to have these like rites of passage I do think there's a lot of that that's happened in the pandemic Mm -hmm. in general, just with raising babies and kids. Mm -hmm. It's like wishing for this perfect nostalgic version of something that actually wouldn't be that way. But then in reality, but then at the same time, there's no way to not wish for it because that's what everybody hates in movies. (laughs) Yeah, I think I definitely had an unrealistic expectation of what that time would be. I was like, oh, I think I would have been like going out to lunch with friends. In reality, I probably wouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> then the other thing you mentioned is the little survey. I mean, that mm-hmm. survey, the Edinburgh survey, probably is I'm assuming what you filled out, is a like evidence-based, scientifically proven, you know, measure screener of if moms have postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. But I have found in practice that there are a lot of moms who are like, I don't know, you're not gonna be able to help me with this anyway. So 
whatever, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, 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 I would say what's really surprising to me is that my pediatrician, my daughter's doctor had that mm-hmm. survey, but then when I went for my six week appointment with my OBGYN, she didn't ask me any, anything like, how are you doing emotionally? And I loved her. She was great. And I was surprised because I was thinking to myself, if there was someone I was going to open up to, it would be my OBGYN that I've known for years. Yeah. Probably not yeah. the pediatrician I just met a few weeks ago. Yeah. It's actually staggering the number of women that are not asked about postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it varies state to state. It varies practice to practice. So mm-hmm. we actually don't have a really good system for catching people. I think probably the most important message that I always am giving to caregivers is like, think beyond the survey to like right. watching the reaction of these moms with their babies to listening to mm-hmm. what are their real concerns. You know, you might, op- you, you might have opened up more if you're really worried about sleep or about feeding or about your baby's skin. Mm-hmm. And I was able to say like, this seems really anxiety provoking for you. Right. Right. And you were able, you know, to be like, yeah, then I was able to say a lot of moms have anxiety, depression, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so true. I want to hear also about just as you returned back to work and really started, like you said, looking at cultural influences, what do you need to think mm-hmm. about as you think about advertising partners and and consumers. And I know that the Atlantic does research in an annual survey called forces Mm -hmm. of influence. And Mm -hmm. so I want to hear about that. What are the impacts that the pandemic has had globally on men and women and on women and men who are parents? Do we know anything about that? Yeah, we do this survey every year, as you mentioned, forces of influence where we try to kind of understand what's behind so many different trends or the different cultural phenomena that comes up over the course of a year. And it's not necessarily focused on parenting, but we did see a lot of differences this year between men and women. Most noticeably, we asked them about how secure they feel in different areas of their lives versus two years ago prior to the pandemic. And women were so much more likely than men to say they feel less secure in their finances, less secure in their mental health less secure in their career. And they also were more likely than men to say they have less power control over their lives than they did two years ago. So that just affirms everything that we've heard about, you know, unfortunately, the pandemic being harder on women, especially moms, especially working moms. And, you know, it's something that even in my industry, or especially my industry as advertising we need to understand that we need to know that so that we speak to people when we speak to people they feel understood that's so important Mm -hmm. yeah okay so the numbers are staggering you told me women were more likely than men to say their finances careers and mental health were less secure now versus two years ago it was 44 percent for women versus 30 percent for men on being secure in your finances 31% for women versus 24% for being secure in your career. And then mental health, women 35% and then 24% who felt less secure versus Mm -hmm. two years ago. And then the control is a big piece too. That's specifically Mm -hmm. interesting to me. So women were more likely than men to say they have less control over their lives since the beginning of the pandemic, 47% versus 37%. Right. Yeah. Why do you 
Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Uh, did you guys dig further into it or just you personally, do you have any ideas as to why that is? You know, I'd have to think oh, so much of that has to do with childcare. It's literally mm-hmm. so unpredictable. Your life is sort of revolves around whether or not you're going to have childcare. I, I'm seeing this interesting meme on social media these days. Like the, I don't know if you're familiar with Wordle. It says like, you got like three out of five words, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is like, it's, Three out of five days this week, I had childcare. So that's one aspect of it. You know, the second <laughs> is... <laughs> My husband loves Wordle. He's always showing me like yeah. his scores. I'm like, oh, I do not care. Okay, I love it. <laughs> love you, but don't love it. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to have them just seeing it. Yeah. And I think the other office, we you know so many people, so many women having left the workforce. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they have less control over their finances and that takes a huge impact on on your life so I think it's those two things in terms of the control and then of course like what we're all dealing with with the pandemic ending or not ending or this kind of ongoing uncertainty you know what we can do just from a social standpoint every day seems like there's different direction or different you know mandates Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it seems a lot, a lot less black and white than it did even at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm actually mm-hmm. finding that a lot of my patients and and my community members are are really having a harder time with the ambiguity that's there. Yeah. And you know, anxiety hates ambiguity. Anxiety <laughs> loves control. Anxiety loves to know what's coming next. And even if it's not exactly. the thing you want to come next, at least you know that that's what's going to happen, right? And so, right. Yeah, I think that sense of loss of control probably comes a lot from just literally, we have no idea what will be the next step in this. And the directions Mm -hmm. have been so unclear and so ever-changing in this moment. Yeah, and I've said to people too, I almost felt like the beginning of the pandemic was easier from a social perspective because nobody was going anywhere. But then when we got to the summer, it was like it was kind of up to you to decide what personal level of risk you would take. And, mm-hmm. and then it become, it came uncomfortable because we were going out for dinner with someone, they wanted to eat inside and you wanted to eat outside. It was like, it, it's this awkward thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, that's been like a whole nother struggle on top of everything else. You know how like in high school you could join different clubs depending on your interests or things people were into? I wasn't really that much of a club person when I was younger, but these days it feels like having a tribe of other working moms around me is so, so valuable. And it's hard to do in real life because we're all scattered and busy and have our separate lives. We have designed the Modern Mamas Club to be that club, that tribe, that support network for you. And we didn't want it just to be about what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome professional or what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome mom, but also what are the ways we can help you to remember who you are as an individual person? Voila, welcome. The Modern Mamas Club is on the scene. It's a community of mamas to support you. 24 access to our video library, 
live events, workshops, hangouts, relatable mom rooms and discussions, and a resource library and recommendations from yours truly, Dr. Whitney. Go check it out at modernmommydoc.com. My own personal journey with childcare this year has been like no other. When my kids were little, we had a nanny who was with us from the really the day my daughter was born. We interviewed her six months before my daughter was born, all the way till she was five. And she was someone who was with us really consistently. Yeah. She ended up dropping back and away from us because her own child ended up having some major medical problems, including being immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. And so in that two year time period that she was away from us, which was also like the la- like a year and a half of it was in the pandemic. You know, I was like circling through all of these different childcare providers. And I have a neurodivergent daughter, as everyone knows, who listens to this podcast. And so securing someone, trusting someone, and then also mm-hmm. retaining someone can be somewhat yeah. difficult in my family because they have mm-hmm. to be able to like match wits with this very strong-willed, bright, amazing, but challenging kiddo Mm -hmm. when they are caring Mm -hmm. for her. And then plus, my husband and my, our careers are extra, you know, he's a physical Mm -hmm. therapist, I'm a pediatrician, so we bring home a lot of germs, even though we try our Mm -hmm. darndest with the PPE and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself very much in the same boat as a lot of other women, whereas before that happened, I was in a place of privilege and didn't even know it. You know, like Mm -hmm. I was in this place where luckily I had this person who was very, very stable, didn't matter what was happening in the world. She was able to care for my kids. And when I found myself in that place of, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, it really brought me to my knees in terms of what I was able to do at work and made it a lot more real. As I told my partners, like, Hey, I'm not going to make it to this, or I need to start half an hour later, or I need to go home early, mm-hmm. or whatnot. And really forced me to parent out loud, as Mary Beth Ferrante talks about a ton in her work. And then more recently, that same nanny came back into our lives. Our kids got vaccinated. Oh, so she said, Okay, <laughs> great, awesome, yeah. come on back. And then the surge happened, right? So, like, Two weeks ago, I was in a place where I basically kept my kids out of school for a week in order to accommodate this other person who I love and want to make sure that I'm protecting. So I think, and I definitely in my home am the one person who, although I might have conversations with my partner, with my husband about that, Mm -hmm. I end up being the default person, A, to make the decisions about it, and Mm -hmm. B, to stay home with the kids if there are issues. And the one solution I have found in our family that tends to work, and I'd love to hear if you've tried something like this too, Gina, Mm -hmm. has been to have weekly meetings with my husband to (laughs) say, okay, we can't predict the future of exactly what's going to happen this week, but Mm -hmm. we probably know the next two or three days. Mm -hmm. What are the needs? what What do we need to do? What do we have to do? Like, what are the obligations here? Yeah. How are we going to divide this up? What's mm-hmm. our strategy together? So that I don't feel alone, so that he feels mm-hmm. invested. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like, while we might not be able to control every single circumstance around us, we have a shared set of values around what's going to matter most for us for the next week. So I found that helpful for other 
other families as well. Is, yeah. is there anything you do with your partner to, to you know, mitigate I this? Will, <laughs> I will say that we're very lucky. We do have a wonderful nanny. But the few times that she's been out sick or had a day off, it has deferred to me, which I don't think anyone in a heterosexual marriage will be surprised mm-hmm. by, you know, just by the nature of my job versus my husband's job. But I love that advice and I will take it mm-hmm. and definitely take it and maybe make that a weekly thing for us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because I, I think for my husband's like, for Scott's like out of sight, out of mind. Like mm-hmm. he, yeah. you know, and I also think, I mean, he would say this too. This is not a slam on him. Like I'm the more organized person in the house. Yeah. I'm the more efficient person. So like, mm-hmm. it, why would he step on my plans? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. I end up feeling resentful and anxious because it all mm-hmm. relies on me, you know, to make the plan and to see it through. And if it doesn't work out. So I think that's absolutely true. The The other thing that I've been really talking with families about is when you are in a season of burnout, which I guess could be your entire motherhood experience if you let it, but if you're in a season of burnout, like mm-hmm. crisis, let's call it crisis right now. Mm-hmm. That the solution is not to do more. It's always to do less. Yeah. The, yeah. It's always <laughs> to pare down. It's always to say, you know, what stuff can I cut out that really doesn't matter at all? Mm-hmm. You know, if the mm-hmm. house is messier right now, like so be it. If my kids close, they wear them twice, three times before I wash them. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so be it. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, what matters is like your wellness and your kids' wellness. So, mm-hmm. really focusing in on that, I would say, is like yeah. the most important. Yeah. What I found coming back to work after having a baby is that you have less time, you have less energy, but you have the same job (laughs) and Mm -hmm. you need to be as productive. And that's really hard to figure out. I think everybody Mm -hmm. does. And I think I've gotten back to the same level of productivity I was, but Mm -hmm. you have to get creative. It's, you know, can you, like my husband and I will sort of each take like a, a section of the day and the weekend if we need to get work done and ideally that's not every weekend but it's some weekends and Mm -hmm. I remember when I first returned from work I had all the I like laid out this ambitious plan for my team and then for weeks I was like up at night like oh my god how am I gonna get this done what was I thinking Uh (laughs) I mostly did get it done but I don't know if I'd recommend that to other parents or immediately after returning from leave yeah i mean uh, my perspective is of course there are times where you just like hustle through right and Mm -hmm. i think there's times Mm -hmm. where you do it and then you have some reflection hopefully on like Mm -hmm. is this sustainable like is this gonna work for me long term anybody can like sprint for 600 meters it's more about Mm -hmm. like can you sprint for like a marathon absolutely not so like what things you need to how can you slow down the sprint when it's possible and i think what happens with a lot of women is they just keep on sprinting like they just keep on they just never stop and think about it or they don't give themselves permission to to say what is the thing at my work well what is the thing in all aspects of my life that has now become a huge energy drain versus Mm -hmm. a huge energy giver and I know my work, there were a lot of things I was doing pre-pandemic that now I don't do because I've decided like, that's just a waste of my time. Like I I value my talents more than that. You know, like 
I don't need to write five paragraph emails back to patients Mm -hmm. when they email me. I need to write a one paragraph email or a two sentence email and say, if you have more questions, I'd love to hop on a call with you (laughs) because that's less training for me. You know, if someone wants me to be on an extra committee and I know Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be like yawning in the back row, then I need to Mm -hmm. say, like, absolutely not. You know, I, right. I, I, I can't do that now. The other day they asked me to go to an in-person dinner for a potential mm-hmm. physician candidate. And I didn't feel like that, like that was going to cause a whole cascade mm-hmm. of junk in my family with this caregiver. Right. Cause right. I'd be like in person without a mask on at a restaurant, even right. though I'd be antigen right. testing for them. And I like, no, yeah, no. Yeah. One thing that's been so helpful at the Atlantic is we've reevaluated our meeting culture. There's mm-hmm. less meetings, and the meetings you are going to are structured better, shorter, and that gives you so much time in your day. Like you wouldn't believe it. Right. And that's made a huge change for me, too, just knowing where you need to be. And, you know, yeah. I think I have become a better manager coming back from leave because you do need to delegate and just it, it gives the people that report to you the chance to really own something yeah own something more and you do have to learn those delegation skills so much better yeah i know that there are people listening to this that are thinking like must be nice for for you all to delegate to other people or to say no yeah. to things and i could mm-hmm. never do that in my job and so mm-hmm. i want to be sensitive to different socioeconomic levels, to mm-hmm. like power differentials that happen in different fields. What I will say is this, though, I think to some degree, all of us face cultural biases and mm-hmm. setbacks and some level of discrimination as women mm-hmm. in a workplace, just mm-hmm. inherently. And I was not able to really show up for myself well until I decided. What are my things that I want to say yes to? Like, what are my top values? What are, mm-hmm. what is my vision for my life that at the end of the day in 40, 50, 60 years, I will be really proud of. Mm-hmm. And like that allowed me then to really figure out how do I create systems or create boundaries to make it so that all the other stuff gets done, but it doesn't define me. And mm-hmm. that I can more easily say no to something because I know exactly what I'm saying mm-hmm. yes to, you know, like yeah. just a little plug for that, because I know there's probably people who are thinking like, awesome, two white yeah. upper middle class women having conversation so about true. how to say no. <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> yeah. And we know that postpartum depression, that the brunt of that, your social supports before you have a baby, that mm-hmm. your economic status, your stressors, those all are risk factors for postpartum mm-hmm. depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, your success afterward depends on your level of ability to access support and your resource mm-hmm. level and all of that. So, but the good news is there are a ton of organizations out there where you can get help for free. Postpartum Support International is one mm-hmm. of them. And there are some really amazing groups like the Center for Paid Parental Leave that are really working on trying to change the game, not just for individuals, they have a book that's for employees of how to advocate for themselves, but Mm -hmm. also for managers and for 
organizations. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we can win and really in that positive way for all of us. Yeah, that is so important. And something that I'm always thinking about is how, you know, when I first had my daughter, I thought to myself, like, this is wonderful, but also so hard. And I I do have Mm -hmm. all these privileges. I can't imagine bringing home a baby in different circumstances. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so glad you said that. And thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest gift we can give anybody though, in the world, like even if you look at Ken Ginsberg's, who's a, a pediatrician, developmental pediatrician, and he talks a ton about like resilience and the seven C's mm-hmm. of resilience for kids is he really says any person, no matter where they're coming from, deserves to have agency in their own life. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what I think about when I think about control and like Mm -hmm. lack of control that women are feeling right now is that Mm -hmm. every single person is worthy of feeling like they're capable of having some change that happens in their life Mm -hmm. if they, if they wanted to. And of course we can't control circumstances, but we can control how we, how we respond and react and we can all learn how to take care of ourselves better. So true. Yeah. Anything as we're closing that, you all are doing as a family to bring more joy in this season to mm-hmm. bring gratitude to 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 lighten things up just because i'm thinking about like <laughs> it can get down and bad in our house <laughs> anything you guys yeah. have done that you found have been like a silver lining of togetherness since the pandemic since you've been in a pandemic parenting yeah this sounds sort of silly but we just started doing jimboree Kids, yeah. are, kids over to wear masks, adults wear masks. It's like relatively safe, but mm-hmm. we do it, the three of us. It's really fun. And then, you know, my husband and I, even if we can't leave the house, we will try to do a date night, a special dinner, something like that. So, yeah, that's you know, awesome. There's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last night, my husband and I looked at each other. We get these meal delivery kits things you know a lot of people do and we get them and they come every week and inevitably I pick them out and I think they look really good when I pick them out (laughs) and they come (laughs) I don't ever want to cook them and you know so he get we get the last night like seven o'clock and he goes what which one Mm -hmm. you want to (laughs) eat and I go oh you know this one I guess and so he goes okay I go are you gonna start making it and he goes yeah and it's like 20 minutes later I'm like were you gonna make it He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, do you want to order? He's like, do you want to order to go cocktails and like <laughs> burgers instead? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. You yeah. know, so <laughs> that has 100%, I think, not every single night, but just giving yourself mm-hmm. permission to be like, this is such a small thing in the scheme of things. I- I'm not going anywhere. There's no need for me to buy any like clothing or right. spend money on travel, mm-hmm. you know, like if I can pick some like simple joys that he and I are, you know, high-fiving with fried chicken wings and, and burgers, like, right. it's absolutely the way to go every once in a while. Right. Right. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jeanette, thank you so much for being here with us today to talk about your experience. And I know that people can follow obviously the Atlantic at, at mm-hmm. the Atlantic. Is that it on Instagram and on social? Yep. And the Atlantic.com. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thanks so much. Hey, 
Hey mama, if you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.